0: Welcome to the third and final film of our uh, Halloween cycle, uh, one more very special episode. Special episode. I, was, I almost skipped that, and then I saw Joel lean forward <laughs> and do I had to say special I episode. I one job. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, uh, yeah, anyway, I down your throat. The, the third special episode for special our, episode. For our uh, Halloween cycle, uh, The Exorcist. Um, thank you for joining us, coming along with us for this long. Um Making these for once a week has, has been a little tight scheduling-wise, although I must say I'm greatly enjoying the actual, the, the act itself, yeah. the, the, mm. the watching and the recording. Um, so, I don't know, maybe maybe one day we can think about twice a month or something instead of <laughs> once a month. But, uh, but anyway, this was the third of our Halloween-related films. Uh, Joel had picked The Shining, I had picked Donnie Darko, and Tim brought us The Exorcist. Ooh boy Tim. <laughs> the I would say the most intense of the three, and certainly the most traditional scary of the three. Mm. Um I I mean yeah, it tells about the tell us about the Exorcist, I guess have not I I f I haven't I've been breaking with tradition for our special episodes. Um and I, I, I sort of regret it because sometimes I feel like we should have a, a summary or explanation of mm-hmm. why we picked something. Yeah. But it's too late to go back in time now. This isn't Donnie Darko. <laughs> so uh so Tim, tell us about The Exorcist. Um so well a little
1: bit of the 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 movie and as well as my experience with it. Um you know, back when I was younger, I feel like I saw this, or at least parts of it when I was way too young. <laughs> and <clears throat> you know, That's just
0: isn't that the way with the best horror movies? I think
1: so, yeah. What well, was this in Poltergeist? That was another one I had
0: so, seen. So there you go. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um
1: and I think it was one of those where like it, it scared me. But as I get older, I kind of like that it scared me. And those of you who don't know, it's a story about this. Um, it's based on a book, and I think the book in the book, it's a little boy who gets possessed. But in the movie, it's a little girl who gets possessed. And it's basically just seeing sort sort of her slow transition into being overcome by this entity or entities that have taken over her. And um, you know, we do have sort of these shining night priests who come in at the end to, to try to perform this exorcism on, on her um, and uh, there was an original, original version that was made in I think it was the 70s or 60s um, and then around I think it was in 2000 they re-released it in theaters um, in in October for Halloween and I was in college at the time so I went to see it and it was this whole you know big deal to get to see it in the movies plus they had added some extra footage um one of the things is, uh, you know, it's become famous now, is where uh, Reagan, the little girl, like, walks spider walks backwards down a set of stairs. And um, I actually came across on YouTube a, a clip where it was a, a different version where she starts spider walking down the stairs but then flips over and then her, her tongue, like, starts shooting out like a snake and she, like, chases after her mother, kind of like, licking at her ankles and um, and I think that was I saw a comment that that's how it was in the book originally um, but that was definitely like more silly you know having seen that um, whereas the, the the spider walk that was in this version <clears throat> I thought was more terrifying and um, more simple too like she comes down the stairs and when she hits the bottom she just like throws up blood everywhere and you just hear these like demonic voices like screaming out from her as well as hearing Reagan's voice screaming um, and that to me was like way more disturbing because you definitely saw more of, okay, there's this thing inside of her that's just going to bend her body any way it wants, no matter how much it hurts her and it, like doesn't care. Whereas with the other one, like her face was kind of taken over and calm. And, you know, I think that's part of what added to the silliness of it. Um, anyway, I'm kind of going off on one, one little piece of it. But um, so, yeah, so I had seen this in the theaters back in around 2000. And it was still sort of like, yeah, like the, the scariest thing I had seen. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times we bring up these films that are older. And it's like, do they stand the test of time and whatnot? And I feel like this was definitely one where, you know, this is before any sort of computer effects were done. I mean, there's definitely special effects that happen both through, like, makeup, but also, you know, maybe through um, layering of film. You know, but, you know, you didn't have computers to really be able to do that. I'm assuming they had to, like, layer... Actual film on top of each other, so you're getting these like double exposure mm-hmm. effects that happen um,
0: to, to superimpose the demon right. Face over, yes, exactly. Film, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, just yeah, it scared the shit out of me as a kid. Still scares the shit out of me, and I wanted to scare the shit out of too. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, it, it it.
3: So having watched it, yes, I was talking to the screen and like trying to dis- diffuse the tension. Yeah, to bleed and... the
0: bleed the pressure. So.
3: What I was boning up for the whole time was jump scares. There aren't that there aren't any. Yeah. There's one flash of the demon face which mm-hmm. was terrifying. But for the most part you hear a scream come from the other room, yeah. which preps you for showing <clears throat> what was there. Everyone yeah. runs
0: in and opens the door and then you're gonna it's it's a different kind of horror because they give you that warning, so instead you're you're so tensed up over what are we gonna see? What is it going to be this time? Mm-hmm. Instead of the the sort of aliens horror where you're just waiting for a monster to jump out and right. eat your head off.
3: And what I found is I've actually seen those sequences before. I hadn't remembered. Mm. So it it kind of not fell apart as a, a horror for me. But I was after a certain point, I was the tension was broke and I could just. Mm watch it and enjoy the practical effects of it and mm-hmm. some great projectile vomit effects <laughs> and like really great makeup M- mm-hmm. might be the best in horror makeup i've seen like this early for sure mm-hmm. like so absolutely yeah it was it was an interesting transition from halfway through realizing okay we're going to hear a scream before we're going to get any because I'm I'm scared of like her going up into the attic mm-hmm. and like leaving the door open, the windows there, all of this stuff before she like turns demon, mm-hmm. and all of the scary stuff is like when she's deep, like it's a known quantity that it's in the house already, like yeah. It's in her body. It's mm-hmm. like it's, it was an interesting inversion of my expectations of this movie. So, um, I did not realize it started in Iraq.
0: Yeah. And for something,
3: I, the concept of yeah. exorcism, which is always wrapped up in Catholicism, mm-hmm. for the first thing you hear to be uh, called to prayer mm-hmm. for the, the Muslims in uh, Iraq was really an interesting
1: Yeah, it was, it was a surprising opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
1: And yeah, I've been, <clears throat> I read a little bit about that. I've been kind of thinking about it, kind of knowing that going into it. And, you know, without getting, I mean, I feel like there is sort of, if you wanted to put a, for lack of a better term, more political spin on it, you know, it's almost this sense of like, you know, okay, we're referencing the Middle East as a part of, you know, where the, the, the priest, you know, encounters where there are these statues of this demon, you know, and then it's like, oh no, now this demon has come to America, you know, so I, I wonder how mm. much of it that was underlying, but... Mm-hmm. um, The other thing I try to kind of, okay, like, if we're going to see through that, you know, and then you also have sort of a sense of, you know, this otherworldliness, you know, I feel like especially in the times, like how, you know, how aware were people of the Middle East in terms of, like, what life was like there, what people were like there? I mean, you know. I don't know if people still had impressions from the news
3: of what they were being told, yeah, sure. but as far as like seeing it on screen that way, like kind uh, trading on an a exoticism, of yeah. that location or something like that, right?
0: Yeah, the mysticism of the locale, yeah.
3: yeah. Um. And
1: uh, but but like part of what I was starting to think about is that, you know, um, with with you know one of the things that when they're talking to to Reagan, trying to figure out what her deal is you know and they're kind of like oh it could be some demons this lesser demon at one point she says she's the devil you know so it's kind of like oh okay is this like the biblical devil the devil the biggest bad of catholicism or is it this other group of lesser demons or is it this demon that was like you know had been doing things possessing people all the way across the world and now it's somehow made its way to america you know so i think Um, part of what I was trying to see that as is like, look, this is the self-contained within, you know, sort of our mythology, almost like this is coming from another mythology. Like we're getting this, not a demon attack from our, you know, Mm -hmm. from, from the, you know, the, the the Bible that's associated with Catholicism, but this, this other religion, this other, other region, like that's coming over now. So it's kind of this, you know, there are no boundaries to it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. And that yeah, that was so. That was sort of my what, what I was choosing to take, <laughs> how how I was choosing to take that. Now that it's, you know, it's not um, as they say the devil you know. You right. know. It's this it's <laughs> this other other devil, this other demon. And luckily, you know, the other priest was kind of aware of it because he had dealt with it before, and he had found those artifacts and did the previous exorcism.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's what you said, Joel, about a subversion of expectations. You said early on, you went, "Wow, this is a nice big house." And I think you were thinking what I was thinking was, yeah, that'll provide us a whole bunch of different rooms for yeah. bad stuff to happen in. I think my
3: my phrasing was, this house is too goddamn big. Like, <laughs> right. I, I am not happy with the idea of. But then, like everything just
0: out. eventually just stays in her bedroom. She's tied down. Yeah, that's the location. Yeah, after Because the she demon or whatever it is crawls out. It's interested in her. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily no, learn what its endgame is, whether it was to spread chaos or to kill people or whatever. Like. It's just focused on keeping hold of this girl for this for the duration of the movie, so it never has a chance to do the the, the whatever else insidious paranormal activity stuff where you know every room has something going on in it mm-hmm.
3: And it's interesting to think of like the the kind of spiritual children of this film like exorcism is a pretty standard horror trope now mm-hmm. and like. I remember watching like the first maybe twenty minutes of the Exorcism of Emily Rose mm. and just being terrified. We I didn't see anything like this. The premise of that is it's post-exorcism and they're playing the tapes in the courtroom, and then it that's it's a flashback oh, to the story. Yes. Hmm, okay. And I was like,
2: "Fuck that, this!"
0: Like, I, mean, I guess you wouldn't know. Is that the one where she jumps out the window? I don't know. Rose does Emily Rose. I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's. it's, it's like you said about, we mentioned earlier, well you were away, right, Tim, I, I could see all the tropes in this film, the things that had showed up in other films, but I was still loving it, mm-hmm. even as I was watching those happen. Which is a similar experience I had with Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Just that, it's like, oh, well, yeah, like, all this stuff has become so baseline normal, but oh my god, I'm still riveted, you know, yeah. just, it didn't, it was so well executed, I, I couldn't not pay attention. Mm-hmm.
3: And since like the spider walk definitely is kind of a something that's inspired like the grudge and the ring mm-hmm. and though like the idea of the sinister little girl is a, a big terrifying thing because it's this innocent pure vessel for this terrifying mm-hmm. horror and it, it was interesting to watch kind of the first iteration if, of this if I don't know if that's accurate but kind mm-hmm. of what I think of canonically as the first iteration of that and then you go to like the ring and then you go to like scary movie Mm -hmm. that mocks that right? and then this doesn't seem trivial or like poorly done and it didn't seem cheesy like that the practical nature of that effect of that choreo the way it moved was really realistic and another thing I noticed that was really interesting is that the different sequences and the different horror things that she does are kind of short bursts it's Mm -hmm. not a sustained thing Mm -hmm. so it's on screen just enough to show what it is and then it moves to something else I think that was a really effective way of allowing the practical effect to be impressive but not to get tired of it Mm -hmm. which was really interesting
0: that was a problem I had with the thing actually when I did finally watch that I, almost everyone I spoke to about it said, "Oh yeah, the practical effects," and they they were they were super impressive, especially for the time. But even early on in the dog kennel, there's that shot just of the the lump of monster, and we just look at it for like ten straight minutes. Mm. And eventually, I'm like going, "Oh yeah, I can see the like the puppetry, like sort of like the alien burster. There's probably a hand in that piece, and maybe in that piece. Like I, they gave me way too long. Mm-hmm. Like I was standing on set." You know, to just sort of look at what they've done. And right. that was not nearly an issue here. They, they communicated exactly what they needed to communicate. It's really well
3: paced.
2: Mm hmm.
3: And it's kind of be, because it starts in such a, a wild, faraway place. Because I kind of always thought of this as just happening within Washington. a few nights or like mm-hmm. that house kind of mm-hmm. like this, it's already in the house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So for there to be so much kind of back and forth through different places and then going to see the doctors and that whole thing was really interesting. Just the... Well-paced, for sure.
0: What was extra interesting was that when they do try to float the idea of exorcism, she talks to our main priestly character, Karis, mm-hmm. um, Father Caris. Mm-hmm. Damien. Yeah, the first thing is he says, like, well, we need to go back to the 16th century. Because it hasn't been done since then. Which is such a, like, you know, lately, not lately, but more more recently, post this film, there was this, like, assumption, sort of, that the church keeps this, this you know, mm. core of priests who perform exorcisms. Right. And, and it's usually, you know, the church trying to convince people, this is supernatural, and people going, nah, I'm going to see doctors. And, like, right. this had a very straightforward progression from... You know, one doctor to two doctors to a committee to right. to physical doctors plus mental doctors, and they were like, "All everything we have, like here's what we have, and you know, it's not enough." Like, I you could start looking at religion, mm-hmm. and she goes and talks to Father Karras, and he's like, "We just we don't do that anymore, you know." it was, it was a sort of it was an, a way to attend to mental health that is no longer needed.
3: Right. It's really interesting with that character in particular the idea that he at the beginning is talking about having lost his faith mm-hmm. but we don't really see any of his arc of coming back to it like he or like I mean his mom passes and he's comforted by his friend and then the mom shows up and is like hey you should do this will you come see her and it's an interesting dynamic for him to be a boxer mm-hmm. and also a psychiatrist and also a priest Is it, that's a very interesting character yeah very interesting face like really great face for Mm -hmm. horror like not Mm -hmm. not a negative just a really interesting face Mm -hmm.
0: I thought it was going to be a little more there was going to be something a little more significant about his distinction from the typical priest yeah that his boxing slash slash medical background were going to come in more strongly to give him a bit of an advantage over your standard priest, if that makes sense. I mean,
3: he comes in and punches. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what I was thinking. Well, right. I'm wondering
0: if that was it, if that, like, he displayed the power his own body had and that... That's what was appealing poured, to the demon. Yeah, poured appeal into his plea to take him instead. But Just... but that's me, you know, ascribing meaning to that. Right. that wasn't directly communicated, and it's in the very, very, very end. Right. That's it.
1: I mean, it, it, it could be significant, because I feel like how many priests would have that sort of response to just start punching? The demon You know, right. you know, you know what I mean? child. Like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, I feel like with him being trained, like, he has the muscle memory to do that. As opposed to like, you know, even if it was like like that other guy who was, you know, the other priest who was playing piano, you know, would he just start wailing on a little girl, you know, in that way? Like, probably not. It's probably not, you know, in his nature the same way that he's hardwired. So, you know, yeah, I think in a subtle way that was like, you know, okay, you know, maybe in the writer's room, was so like, yeah, and then he just starts punching her. Like, whoa, why the hell is he just going to start punching her? Okay, we'll make him a boxer. Okay, yeah, he's a boxer. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, that's why he punches her. <laughs>
3: And the interesting dynamic of coming at it as a psychiatrist and a priest. So he, he, his whole thing is like, there are scientific solutions for this. Mm-hmm. And his last resort is this kind of mystic...
0: Yeah, it's, you have to prove supernatural. Right.
3: And the way he goes mm-hmm. about it is like, I have to get approval. I have to get, gather all this evidence. That, like It's a very scientific way he goes about making that Mm -hmm. treatment available. It's just kind of a very interesting (laughs) inversion of that. One of the things that's always
1: like not sit well with me, you know, because, you know, as we've been talking about, there's the whole thing of, yeah, going through, and I think that's also what's meant to make it more terrifying too, is like, okay, it's something we can explain away with science. And so in addition to the horror of her going through all those procedures, you know, and going through that, but then to say, like, no, there's nothing we can do to help. And, you know, to not have it be, oh, okay, there is an explanation for this. Like, well, shit, there is no explanation. Like, this, this must be some sort of supernatural spiritual mm-hmm. thing. But then the, that, that one scene where, where, um, where Karis has the bottle and he says, this is holy water and splashes it on her. And she starts, like, freaking out, saying it burns. And he was like, yeah, that's evidence that it's not possession because it should only burn if it was actually blessed holy water. So, like, that scene never really sat with me because I feel like yeah, that's no, evidence never went anywhere. That. Yeah. And there was never a resolution that. And then all of a sudden they just got Marin. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do an it extra. It's this demon. It is actually a demon. We're going to get it. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, so, well, but what was the deal with that then? Like, you know, that, that yeah, that seemed like more of a, a suggestion type of thing that would have said, oh, you know, yeah, she's, she's acting out. And because I told her it was holy water, she reacted as if it was holy water mm-hmm. to sort of, but. But no, then, but then the movie's also trying to... No, it was really a demon. So, yeah, that was a scene that never really sat well with me. Like, yeah, how are we supposed to take that? Or is that, you know... I think
0: there was something we missed there. All the lines of Father Karras, like, sort of... Because he has that conversation with the mom about, like... we she start with the mental health sequence? And she says to him, like, can you really tell me that, like... you think gangsterism would hurt... And, you know, compared to its chances of doing good. And that sort of limits him in that, like, because, as we said, you know, medicine has failed at this point. Hmm. There is no explanation. So it becomes a sense of, this isn't any worse to try than anything else. And on the one hand, there's the tap water thing. But on the other hand, he asks her on the way out after the tap water scene about, did did she know my mom had died recently? Right. Did she know all these other things? And she's like, no. It's like, so that goes the other way. It supports yeah. the idea that it's demon. Right. And it's I think also, he was enough on the fence that he was like, yeah, I think just this is as good a course of action as any. Yeah. Because she's already tried all the stuff I'm suggesting, basically, yeah. the medical stuff. Uh,
3: and it could be because the demon asks what that water is mm-hmm. and he tells her that it's holy water. It, it might be kind of a expectation thing in the demon <laughs> The idea that right, like, so the demon is suggestible in terms right. of like it's expecting that, so it's reacting. Yeah. Presumably, it's had that thrown at it before, so yeah. it has this idea of what that is. I don't know that. I that also didn't make sense to me. That
2: yeah.
3: seems like why? Why say what it is? Just or if if but it, then to be fair, if it was tap water, why didn't the demon said this is. Bullshit. Yeah, like to be fair, yeah, yeah. maybe
0: the demon, you know, Father, the the older priest, Marin. Marin, thank you. Mentioned the demons like to confuse, like to mislead and trick. Oh, okay. Maybe it was just playing along, because as we saw, the exorcism didn't yeah. really do anything. It kills Father Marin when he goes right. back in there. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Father Caris ends up succeeding by offering himself up instead. Yes. and then dying, not by through traditional means traditional yes. well, but you know what I mean that, yeah. maybe that was part of its entire ploy you know yeah. sure bring, bring me in bring on the hol- bring holy bring on water. the exorcism
3: yeah. my, well he says that right like what a lovely day for an exorcism mm-hmm.
1: huh. well there's a lull I'll, I'll tell you there was a <clears throat> I was talking to John about this the other day and uh he was he you know he was telling me about he he also went to see it in the theaters um, when it was re-released. Of course he
0: did. <laughs> yeah,
1: and there was a part where you know the part where she first starts really like thrashing around on the bed and she's kind of like plopping mm-hmm. around and he's like you know like yeah like some people in the audience were kind of laughing and you could tell you know because it is it it's a little sure, ridiculous it's and extreme
0: looking yeah.
1: But then like the part where she like slams her head back and. <gasps> and then like guttural and groan comes out he's like everyone stopped laughing and he's like from there till the end of the movie like it got just like progressively hotter in there yeah. <laughs> you could tell that's what it was like oh shit this is, <laughs>
2: this, is, this is getting real
0: oh yeah yeah I just it's just another just I sort of like with the fugitive I just this was great mm. I loved every moment you know flaws and all
3: so do you watch this every Halloween, Tim? I mean, it's um, been a while since you've seen it, but this yeah. is the one that came up for Halloween, so I'm curious what made you want to come back to it.
1: Um, mostly, I think because, yeah, it's been probably, like, the the scariest, you know. It wasn't necessarily... I mean, I don't... I'm not a big Halloween person, like, but... Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably watch the occasional horror movie because it's like, okay, it's, you know, it's, it is the season, why not, Um And, you know, there are some that I've watched and, you know, it's kind of like, oh, that was scary. But then you watch it a second time, it's like, oh, well, now I know where all the jump scares are. And I can kind of see it's really not that good of a movie, you know. But I think that was kind of just it with this. It was like, you know, it's still like the scariest and it's still enjoyable to watch as a film, you know. Um, Yeah, it it has been years since I've seen it. Um, But, yeah, it, it... I think it was more just yeah because it was that that pinnacle you know and the, the other ones I was thinking about they're also good, um, and then I may try to have an excuse to work them in at some other podcasts like one of them is uh, the Silent Hill movie. Um,
0: I've heard good things about that actually. Yeah,
1: it's it was yeah. I thought it was really good. It was it's, really
0: Silent Hill is you know it's a video game series mm-hmm. and it's the general contentus is that it hasn't been great for a long time on the gaming side of things. Oh okay, um, and on the film side of things there are three films maybe oh that's or right two. there might be I know but, there's at least two but I keep forgetting that any of them were good because I don't think they started making them until after the games started slipping a little just oh, sort of, okay. not getting awful I'm not gonna say they were trash but that just like any good horror franchise there was sort of this peak when it was terrifying mm-hmm. and they've been sort of trying to recapture that for a while um, but I keep forgetting because the films didn't start until later and I'm like mm-hmm. oh right everyone I talked to says they really liked that one <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <clears throat> well and I, I think at least with the games anyway the original was was very simplistic mm-hmm. and maybe that's part of it too is like yeah, as the graphics two is generally games. considered
0: the peak oh, okay. of the series mm-hmm
1: um, yeah, I think I played. I played. I forget. I lost track of when I stopped playing them, just because yeah, so many of them had come out. Right. Um, but but anyway, like that's a really good horror film. But I feel like it's also not. It's not as scary anymore. It's it's still pretty scary, but it's also like a really good movie. Like the way everything plays out, the way mm-hmm. everything connects. Like I do really still enjoy the story, and I feel like it did capture a lot of the the essence of at least the first few games. Um, the second movie I think it was I think they got a little too much of hey let's try to reference all these different characters mm-hmm. um, like I think there's there's a girl with like an orange vest in one of them so like they had a girl with an orange vest in this one it was like okay but then it was almost more playing on the fact that like hey remember remember this girl from that game this is that one mm-hmm. whereas the first one almost seemed like okay we're only making one of these so let's get the best parts of all the games and put it into one movie mm-hmm. um, But but anyway like You know, that one I also thought of, like, oh, we could do that if we ever do, you know, a a cycle of movies based on video games or something like that. Whereas with this one, this was just, you know, like, the straight-out horror, straight-out Hollywood. Silent
0: Hill, Doom. Clue. Um, Clue. Clue. Oh, yeah. Wait, video games.
3: They made a Clue video game.
0: (laughs) Did they make it before or after the movie, is the question.
3: It would have been before. You could play Clue on, like, N64.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Uh, That makes sense. Or
3: PC. That would be my way of getting, a good
1: getting one out of there. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> the I, I also really like the first uh, Resident Evil movie.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah. God, I haven't seen that in
3: forever. I've never seen any of the Resident Evil
1: movies. No, that would be another one to bring. Yeah, it's. I mean, they kind of. Uh, you know, I feel like a similar thing happened. They started kind of. No spinning wait, out. Need for Speed.
0: <laughs> yeah, they <gotta> Watch <laughs> it again. <laughs> yeah. What am I doing? I have one right here. Uh, huh. Rocket Ralph. <laughs> well it's not an adaptation right. yeah. <laughs> it's a super Mario Brothers movie
3: oh,
0: oh, no we will not be watching that, that. <laughs> no, no, I think I, it's interesting <laughs> that so my first horror like proper horror was the original Paranormal Activity mm, I say original to. because now it's you know a franchise yeah. 18 films that was so good it was you know basically a cast of two a handful of other people who move in and out and a shoestring budget of practical effects that it slowly escalates, and I What's funny is the more I've watched other horror, especially just more in general and around that time, is like the more I realized how refreshing that film was. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and this sort of it slotted another piece into the puzzle for me. The Exorcist did, um, but the Exorcist was good, but it was a little bit big. Mm. And I mean, big, good big. Like you know, Star Wars is big. You know, I mean, big, big yeah. sort of grand adventure of sorts. Mm-hmm. It had a little more dramatic than the typical Haunted House. You know, it was farther reaching. It had had more going on. But I feel like so many other films since then between things like The Exorcist and The Omen and The Thin and Alien and whatnot just eventually hit this point where it was just escalation. Bigger. Mm-hmm. More. Yeah. And, 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 and so Paranormal Activity was this refreshing shrink mm-hmm. to just a just, just couple people in their house. Mm-hmm. And almost the whole film you're not going to be sure if anything, if anything is happening. And I I'd sort of... Because The Exorcist really nailed the balance of it's, it's big and there's... There's real, like, I keep saying big, but I mean, I don't know, impact. I There's guess scope. To scope, it. sure, but it doesn't lose track of itself either. It still respects the single scene, the single event. You know, in a way that that film still did for a little while after. I mean, you know, Alien did that very well, mm-hmm. although it arguably had less scope. Um, you know, the thing, sure, I, I think I've talked about it before, is having been a little disappointing to me on a personal level, but I recognize what it was at the time, certainly. But um, I haven't seen Poltergeist, so I guess you'd have to speak for there, Tim. But The Omen, like, there were mm-hmm. still other films that, you know, they, they stayed in that sector for a little while before they sort of bloated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like anything tends to do, and when it gets popular, you see all sorts of variations and changes, and this great growth, and this continuing mm-hmm. escalation of more and until eventually we get tired of it. <laughs>
3: yeah. I think the first proper horror film I ever watched was The Crazies. Yes, which I I like zombie films. I like infected films and it's fun cuz it's like this it's kind of waves and they're bloody and there's like this idea of like being able to defend yourself against them. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't
0: know the difference between the external threat and the internal threat.
3: There's something to that too, but I also like before that I had watched all of the Hannibal Lecter films so and I've considered those more thriller suspenseful yeah I mean we're
0: getting back into the the ambiguity of genre
3: here it's it's just interesting to think of the kind of film that The Exorcist is and I think Poltergeist probably fits in that same niche Mm -hmm. I don't know necessarily if I'm just a fan of those and I'm not sure what it is about them that I'm not a fan of like this was good I enjoyed it I enjoyed the effects and and I'm not a, going after it to be no. scared I'm just uh, mm-hmm. having it.
0: it was a great kind of, film but it's not necessarily to your tastes
3: yeah but I'm not sure why That that's that's the thing I'm yeah. kind of struggling with because I really fair. what was yeah. I really like the idea like the intellectual idea of the purge films Mm -hmm. but the first one is basically home invasion and does very little with that premise Mm
0: -hmm. i haven't seen any of them the second one's like warrior
3: which is really good (laughs) but i I don't like the idea of the context in which the horror film things happen is an interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. that i'm kind of grasp grappling with the idea Mm -hmm. that Within the Purge, people, ordinary people are doing horrific things because they have this license to do that. Mm-hmm. In the Hannibal Lecter films, there are these specific deviations from the normal, in quotation marks, mm-hmm. mental capability or mental mind state that create these opportunities for violence. Mm-hmm. Whereas in The Exorcist, it's this kind of supernatural mm-hmm. type thing. I don't know. I wonder if I'd like Poltergeist. Is it have... I, maybe I'm, like, I'm feeling disappointed because there weren't jump scares and that's what I was boning up for, and, like, I don't...
1: Yeah, you know. I, um... You your loins and then didn't yeah. do two. I... <laughs> I can't... I mean, like, the pol- Poltergeist I also only saw, like, in pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember kind of, like, watching from the kitchen. Yeah, looking our, on the so corner. much for our
0: resident <laughs> expert. <guys>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know the things that scared... Well, here's a funny story. So there's a part in it where... there's like the little boy is one of the main characters I think this is in Poltergeist and he has this like toy clown and I think it like comes to life and tries like pulling him under the bed or something like that and uh so like shortly after that for Christmas my grandmother one year bought me a little clown stuffed animal with red hair it was just like (gasps) and my mother was just like kind of like laughing like oh yeah no he loves it you know (laughs) don't worry we'll uh, be throwing that away in um, the fire but you know, and, and you know, part of it, like I think one of the, one of the things, yeah, is like the the little girl like gets like pulled into the TV or something right. like that, and she's in this like other dimension, and the father has to go in, but he's go, oh, I got a rope tied around me, so I can pull her back right. out, and you know, so like I, I forget sort of the progression of the things that happen, but I know a lot of the like the the disturbing Beats, in- right. images from it. Um,
3: I feel like maybe this is it again. This is another film that has been in pop culture for so long that it's been parodied to death mm. so maybe that yeah. was the other thing is that like I I know she says let Jesus fuck you right like, yeah. like that's not scary to me or surprising because I know that that's coming and right. that's the idea that
0: you like, had your problem with this was my problem with the shiny yeah
3: I, I don't yeah maybe that's it and it, it's not I didn't enjoy it any less I was just expecting to be scared and I just, it didn't mm-hmm. and I feel shitty for not being scared something
0: that later films have done a lot of films nowadays but I, I don't know whether anything of this before the exorcist necessarily is they like to leave it more ambiguous ambiguous for longer about whether it's supernatural or not yeah um I'm
3: kind of glad this one didn't, though. Like, right, like, but I, but I
0: mean, is we had that that secure knowledge, right. similar to like, oh, she's in the bedroom. Oh, she's screaming. Okay, something's happening. Is that there was this this solid foundation upon uh, you know upon which we could stand as an audience, which I think the characters benefited from too, that they could run up to the bedroom and sort of steal themselves before stepping through to to wait and see what was there, and that we were able to do it too, to do it alongside them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was sort of a level of immersion. But I will say, it did just occur to me, you know, films that have that cast into doubt whether anything supernatural is going on at all, sort of, they they mean that when you pass into the section of film where you know things are supernatural, you're already sort of just shaken and your nerves are jangled. Mm -hmm. Just from getting to that conclusion in the first place. And it gives them a bit of a leg up.
3: I think another thing that like modern films do is it like cheats you out of the jump scare a lot. It's like mm-hmm. here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. It was nothing. Here it comes, mm-hmm. here it comes, here it was, it was nothing. So you kind of let yourself have this false sense of security, and then they get you. Mm-hmm. Like, so maybe that's just me having been broken previous to this. Like, vibe. well, Don
0: Darko did that. Even that they're in the cellar, and you're creepy, and you want something to happen, and then Gretchen plays the piano, and it's like, oh. I- Nothing here. And, and then he bullies! Broke. Boom! Yeah. Ah, and, and that, I mean, that's a reaction to jump scares having become overdone. That became a... Let's pretend to do them and not. And then, like, right when you think we're not doing them, we do them. It's sort of, right. you know, eight steps down the road, as it were. Yeah, I wonder,
1: like, what the origin of the jump scares were. Because, like, you know, like you're saying, they weren't really, like, oral... there was the one where he's listening to the recording and then the phone rings, you right. know? Which which I think for me part of what makes that so scary is that's like a very real thing you know mm-hmm. like you're you're totally engrossed in something and and then something very normal pulls you out of that and that's the scary thing um but, like, yeah, like, or you, and even, like, with The Shining, I don't remember a lot of jump scares right. and that. Mm-hmm. So I almost wonder if it's, like, a relatively newer thing. Like, right. oh, like, people don't have the attention span for, like, psychological thrillers where you take right. them on this slow burn. We gonna throw stuff, okay, it's a ghost, and then it's a monster, and, rah, and then, you know, there's hand, you know, and it's, like, I almost feel like that's, that, that's a response to, like, a shortening attention span, you know?
3: Right. And there's this sense, like, even in Nosferatu, you get this idea of, like, you're lingering on the horrifying image of this mm-hmm. monster that's slowly creeping in the the idea of the suspense or the terror coming from the uh dramatic irony as the audience seeing this thing creep up onto something mm-hmm. so that it's it i don't know this doesn't do that either it 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 a lot happens off screen. Mm-hmm. We don't see the, the the first guy who gets his head turned around. Right. We don't, we don't we see don't any see
0: of almost that. any of it except for the police at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah.
3: Which is an interesting kind of like what happened there? Why see, was he? We were up there?
0: But the mom was driving and is not interested. She got bigger shit to worry about and some fish. Yeah, she's, she's getting right. home to her daughter who's all messed up.
3: It was unclear to me that, that was they had leapt from her room. At that point, or even oh, who yeah, that? Yeah,
0: they did a bad job of portraying the perspective of where her house could right. go until right. until later. <laughs>
2: who
3: was the, that first guy? Was it the, the director? director? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of like the drunk guy who yeah, was kind yeah. of. Yeah. That's who I thought it was, but why was he th- like? That's another weird.
0: Well, that was the the one lady explained about. He came so he could watch her while I went out to I see to do whatever. I think he should to get, get
3: her medicine, her pills,
1: right, or, right, or something yeah. like that.
3: And we're meant to believe that the little girl twisted his head around and threw him out
0: the window. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe she did, for all we know. Possessed. Right, Or, maybe it tried to possess him. But
3: why would it killing the uh, second guy mean it was over? No, you're right. right? As soon as it was out
0: of my mouth, I was like, nah. (laughs) Right, what's what's my old line? I felt confident and intelligent right until a moment I opened my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) There it was.
1: I think what was really different and cool about this too is that like, you, like when you talked about the whole like like the ring and how this whole idea of the this these kind of grotesque movements and it's that it's a little girl we're scared of, like in the other movies I feel like a lot of them we're we're afraid of the girl whereas in this we're afraid for the girl Mm -hmm. you know like in a lot of this movie like you close the door fucker. We'll just right. leave and, you yeah, know... She's
0: tied to the bed. Everything let it have her, you torture's know. gone. It's all covered in soft stuff so she can't crack her skull and uh, yeah.
1: close the door. You know, but, Bye. like, the fact that it's, like, it's haunting, you know, her personally and that, you know, everyone around her, like, cares for... You know, it's not, you know... It's only when the, the mother, like, goes after her and tries to help her that the mother gets harmed, but it's not, right. like, attacking the mother in the middle of the night, you know, all it wants is the girl, but it's because all these people are rallying around her like right. that's what kind of you know expands on that that horror um I think it you know it, it also makes it creepy too that she's you know that that she is that young you know like with um with Donnie Darko at least he's like a teenager and he you know these things are happening to him but he kind of has some sense of how to deal with right. things whereas I think do they say she's like 12 right and it's you know and it's you know it's not this sort of bigger picture thing that oh you're playing an important role in something it's just like no i'm just going to tear you apart from the inside out you know
3: um so like that's interesting the idea of the innocent victim in this rather than the innocent vessel for the terrifying thing that's malicious and scary yeah that's that's an interesting distinction for sure That my like horror knowledge
0: is just not there. Like there's not. Yeah, I don't have the experience I wish I did in this genre. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: I mean, me neither. And I think that's you know that's I'm sure there are probably a, people out there who may be horror buffs who are just like, oh, The Exorcist is nothing. You need to watch like, this and this and it's you know. Assuming they're still you know,
0: listening now, they're yelling at their computers. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. You you
1: know, and especially nowadays with all like the torture porn and stuff like right. that it's just like i feel like it's always trying to up the ante you know right. and you know and you know like i was saying before it was like well this is also like a really good film so even if you're not you know so desensitized to horror like i think you can probably still enjoy quote unquote enjoy you know the, the journey <laughs> right. and like appreciate the journey you know um you know, and th- and that's definitely one of the things too. Like, I I don't try to seek out bigger thrills when it comes to horror. Like, I don't like being scared, but like when it's done well, in the few cases it's been done well, it's like okay, like good job. I will I will give you the, your due props for that. But yeah, if it's just like we're gonna show you as many guts and blood and right. you know as much pain as possible for no reason whatsoever, it's just like okay, like you lost me. Like there's no substance to this. You know.
0: Yeah. I it's also it sort of hurts that i i don't have enough experience with horror to pinpoint what i like about it Mm, right or the pieces that make a film stand out to me like i can name three that did one two they're definitely i mean it depends like we've talked about them before the neon demon which i wish it ended right one scene or two scenes earlier the witch which i wish it ended 30 seconds earlier and get out which i loved Mm. period there's no there's no but there (laughs) but um I don't. I'm like I still have trouble picking out across all three of those. You know what it is that made me. You know I'm put putting on the edge of my seat and and what it is because there are things that those movies also share with movies that didn't grab me the same way. We talked about this during The Shining a bit about there are the pieces here that I enjoy. Right. But when they're arranged, they're put together in one arrangement, they're great. When they're put together in another arrangement, I go.
3: Uh... See, whenever I, I, about... I have trouble,
0: I'm sorry, Joel. Oh, I just I have trouble picking it out, and I haven't. So I have trouble critiquing horror.
3: See, the thing that I keep coming back to when I'm thinking about horror and what I like about it is Alien. Yes. Alien constantly comes yes. back because it makes me scared yes, yes, every yes. time. Every time. I love it. And I don't know if it's just because it's drenched in sci-fi. So, yeah, because I'm a sucker for sci-fi. Right. And, <laughs> oh, or this boy. sense of like discovery and investigation and this mm-hmm. idea that... I mean, it plays up what it was on the poster. In space, no one can hear you scream. Mm-hmm. It's the purest... Perfect. Most extreme version of that isolation yeah. ever. There's yeah. nowhere to go, there you, and you're yeah. stuck Spaceship. in there with it. That oh, man. tension doesn't drop the whole time.
0: And so many other films don't even bother with the idea that there's nowhere to leave. They make excuses, you know, oh it's my house, or oh I, uh, reasons, or or you know the. The demon like drags them back, or they have to go back because someone else went back or right. something. But
3: and the other thing is like Ridley is a competent
0: yes person. I was just thinking as we were watching actually <coughs> that films in which we get upset that the characters are making dumb decisions are films that have failed in their job at at um not integrating but sort of they failed in immersion. They failed at their mm-hmm. immersion because characters in film and especially in horror are allowed to make not the same rational decision that I would make sitting on the couch because they're human and they have emotions and they're terrified and there's weird shit going on and and they're going to make decisions that don't seem fine when I get to sit here pause the film and go hmm what would I do you know but in a film that's done well I don't notice because I'm so very there with the characters their decisions seem perfectly fine to me but uh, in the the films where I'm going why would you do what the hell what were you thinking that's because they haven't immersed me they haven't connected me and, um, I'm sorry, that was a bit of a tangent there, but oh. but, um, in the case of alien, yeah, Ripley she Ripley's great she's she, smart she yeah. is smart,
3: and like <laughs> it's also I always make the joke that there's no plot of alien without the cat, which is a great <laughs> kind of jump scare diversion <laughs>
0: damn cat
2: that that's uh, the whole
3: thing because they excuse me they they mistake the motion of the cat for the alien mm-hmm. and it jumps out and it's like it's this vulnerable thing mm-hmm. that is also unpredictable because it's running around in the dark mm-hmm. like it, it's a great tension builder and it doesn't feel cheap it doesn't feel contrived like it's a great like, and then you start worrying okay is this the cat and then it's the alien and then it's like uh, so mean, it's, yeah. it's this really interesting device I, and that's, I guess that's what I'm wanting from it is like this tension to be sustained through the whole thing and
0: mm-hmm. I don't know I will say Get Out deserves a mention again that, end, yeah. well I mean A just for being awesome but yeah. B that I part way through that film in the theater I like was suddenly not watching the film anymore because I was in pain because my jaw hurt and I had to like sit back and I realized that you the film had made me so <laughs> tense I had been progressively tightening my jaw and I was had now hurt myself yeah it's the only film that's ever done that to me. That, yeah, <laughs> so it deserves. A nice also, idea.
3: a smart protagonist.
0: Oh yeah, like, again, for reasonable for sure. Yeah, but yeah, even I mean, even when they're concept, not, you too. know, like, when you're immersed well enough, there's a an understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, and and to touch again on the idea of escape, you know, of isolation. There was a a horror film I watched from uh, a multinational production about, it takes place during the Iran-Iraq War. Mm -hmm. And it's the mom and her child and they're in, um... I think they're somewhere in Iran? I And they're in uh, one of the major cities. I I apologize, my history in that particular area is is atrocious. And my memory for the film is apparently equally bad, but they're in one of the major cities, and so at night they get bombarded, missile bombardments. Um. And so there's a, a proper... That's another film that goes back and forth between is it supernatural, is it not? You know, between of mandatory blackouts and the way it turns your city unfamiliar and your home. But there is a scene right about when we're, you know, all, it sort of plays its hand as being supernatural. And she just picks up her child and just runs out the door. And just runs. And just runs down the street as far as she can run. And is still running when some police find her. But um whichever country it was, and again, I'm, I'm so sorry, I, I want to say Iran. Their laws have changed. And so when she ran, she forgot her her head covering and whatnot, the things a woman is supposed to wear in public. And so the police, not full-on arrest her, but they take her to a jail, and they, I think they fine her, you know, they give her a talking to about, her. she has to call a friend to, like, come and, Mm -hmm. come and sort of be, oh, no, don't worry, you know, she won't forget again. Like, which just right there was, what a hostile world outside that apartment with Mm -hmm. the monster in it. Right. That it achieved the similar sense of isolation, even though she's in the middle of her populated city. I just, it just reminded me of that when we were talking about Alien, that that film explored it. It said, screw isolation! She's just gonna run! And then it was like, well, she can't, because then on top of that, she ran at night, and they could have been hit by missiles while she was running. Like, right. the safest places are all the shelters and the bottoms of the buildings, you know? Like, it, it was able to impose that isolation in a believable sense, a rational sense. You it's know, a similar
3: uh, thing with Quiet Place, the idea of, like, mm. not being able to make sound. Is a different kind of isolation. Oh, yeah. it, it reduces your ability to communicate and it, it makes the world real small because you're not turning on any engine to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're like.
0: You're not shouting across the field at your buddy. Right. right it, it, it
3: makes those intimate spaces very much more intimate. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like. Too. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Just the, the, the wideness of the horror genre is mm. interesting. Because yeah. there's a yeah. like creature feature, yeah. right? Because you get zombies, and you get vampires, and you get werewolves. And that's one subset of it. And then you've got historical ones with the, your Frankensteins, mm. and your Wolfmans, and your hellsings You've got
0: supernaturals like like Exorcist, or, right. uh, or what have you. And
3: Then you get Paranormal Activity, and mm. then you get Saw. This whole, like, this, yeah. this different kind of, like... Tormentor kind and then of there's the nature,
0: the nature of how much thriller bleeds into horror. Right, when you end up with things that are just entirely man-made, mm-hmm. and you've got the silent killer horror like Halloween. Mm-hmm. oh man, it is a, an extremely broad genre, and I. We can have a bigger discussion about horror and sci-fi and how much is genre and how much is style and how much is setting and whatnot. Right. But, but um. Horror is especially, I think we touched on this a little bit before. It's really extra subjective. What what scares somebody and what doesn't that's, scare somebody else, yeah. you know, um, or what what they find tense and what they don't. Just some people are gonna be. Honestly, I the part that made me the most uncomfortable during the whole Exorcist was the medical procedures. I'm she glad you brought that first. up. I was one. There talk were all sorts that. of menacing-looking needles and bits and machines. And they strapped her down and put tubes in her throat, and, and I, yeah. oh my god, that was
3: very visceral. The most
0: uncomfortable part of the film for me, yeah. the peace soup vomit, or whatever else, like that was gross. Right. But it wasn't as just downright. Horrifying to me. Well, that's the thing. That's you could dismiss that procedures. as
3: like yeah. s- like supernatural, gross, right? Sure. Yeah. But this is like how they do medical procedures at that time. Yeah, that's what's horrifying is that it's this archaic, it's this loud, it's this obtrusive. It's and we've all been through spill
0: a painful, uncomfortable procedure of right. some kind. But it hasn't been like that. Well, no. <laughs> you know? But just that's what I mean. Like to be a, there was a time when we had to just sit down and go, okay, this is gonna suck but we, it's our best option, mm. that when you tell yourself your best option is suffering, right, it's sort of, that's its own kind of fear. So when we've all experienced that, and then we know that it's not nearly as bad as what we're watching on the screen, oh boy, that hit home. But yeah, it's, you know, what, what scares different people and in what ways, you know, again, depending on whether it's gross, scary, or horrifying, scary, or what have you is, ah, it covers such a broad spectrum.
3: See, with that, it was so interesting how they shot the, the needlework, especially, mm-hmm. to, to make it believe it went in her neck. That looked real. Like, I, it did not look... Yeah. fake. And the way the, like the way the blood just shot yeah, out with her pulses, you know? It like. just... It, that was, like, applause-worthy. I, I, was, I was stunned mm-hmm. by how realistic all of that looked, and... The idea that we had just seen her thrashing the hell out of something else, so the yes, yeah, so we're waiting of for like, her
0: to like freak out again, right? yeah. like, put needles in doctors' faces, and then, uh, oh, that was, that was see, scary. and that's the thing. Like,
3: what if, what if they did the exorcist without the exorcist? Like, the idea that she has this condition is continuing this, but there's no, reli- there's no exorcism. Mm-hmm. There's no, mm-hmm. so she's just having to be procedure after procedure, after like. That's that's a whole another another category of horror that would be just terrifying, and I mean they even show kind of an asylum in there where with the uh, priest's mother, mm-hmm. where they take her and just these old deteriorating women just grasping at yeah, him and just
0: terrible. like that was another. I don't know if he maybe did get her out of the asylum, but later they mentioned like his mom died, but it was like a couple days before anyone noticed. Yeah. But, like, what was, was she in the asylum when she died and no one noticed for two days? Or did he take her home and then she was just... Yeah, because it happened and... so quick. Yeah. it was like...
3: The other thing I noticed is that with the little girl, the switch was really quick. Because we saw her goofing off with her mom and tickling her. And then, like, yeah. they had that conversation. And then the next scene, she goes to the doctor and... It, the for thing what should, seems to be
0: a regular old checkup, you know, right. they they draw some blood, they do. There's not a whole lot of context for it, and ping, then you mm-hmm. know, feel It just it just begins, almost out of nowhere. Yeah, it,
3: very strange. Because I feel like it would be a slow buildup. Is like, oh, she's okay. We don't have to worry about it. Oh, she's okay. She and then there's something, a catalyst to take her, but we don't see the bed shake. She just talks about it. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very.
0: I think horror is definitely a genre that trailers have been hurting lately.
3: Well, yeah,
0: Um, for sure. Because it... It shows you everything. Well, right, but even just... I thought of... There are some better... Not better. Some good films that have similar premise here, you know, Possessed Kid or whatever, that spend, you know, half the movie or more slowly building up to the possession or to the reveal. But then when the whole premise of the film was... Hey, you should go see my film. It's about a possessed kid. Right. I have to wonder, like, how do you? Why? Like, why do I care now? Like, am I not sitting here bored for three quarters of your film? Right. You know, until we finally get to the actual plot of how we deal with what I always knew, right, right, was a possessed kid, or and the characters didn't, and that certainly hurts. I, I feel like the shorter trailers of yesteryear, lend themselves a bit better to that. For sure.
2: Yeah.
0: On the other hand, I feel like some films were not. Within a disservice by those short trailers, but for some it was certainly a benefit.
3: I think the whole, like, over trailerization of the modern movie industry is a big problem. Because you get a Mm -hmm. teaser, then you get a trailer, then you get a second trailer, 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 then then you you get get a final final trailer, trailer, and then you get the (laughs) TV spot. (laughs) Right? right, Like, so by the time I go in to see Star Wars, it's. There's 20 minutes I haven't seen. Mm
0: -hmm. What was even. What was still okay with some of the prequel Star Wars in particular, and you made me think of this for a reason here. I was that when I got the DVDs of those, they came with every show that had been made. Which was cool. It was kind of neat. It was cool to like go sit down later and watch all those and see the different bits of film they'd use to advertise or whatever. Speaking of but because the, you know, YouTube and whatnot wasn't quite so prevalent, I had only happened upon maybe two of those trailers at most right. during my average T V watching. So the lots of trailers provided a nice bonus on the disc, but it didn't spoil the film for me. Okay.
3: Let, let, let's talk first, just real quick, about the episode one first trailer, wherein they right. reveal the dual-sided lightsaber, oh which is the biggest spoil. Like, it's so frustrating to think <laughs> that he doesn't pop the other side of it until mm. that final battle. Mm, right. The only battle we see him in with the lightsaber is on it's Tatooine, it's one like side! On side. Yep. Why would you waste that? Like, oh, it's it's like the most telling failure of Lucas it's just like you don't understand what you have you have this really cool element that everybody knows about and I know they sold the lightsabers and the toys in preparation for it but yeah. it's just like what a cool thing that you ruined Yeah. <sighs> well, especially because
1: that's like the first time the choir comes in too is when that second yes. blade comes out and it's like I remember watching that moment going oh we weren't supposed to know about this you know
0: Right. I will say though because I, I was pretty little when that came out and I actually that film's marketing coincided with my first ever visit to New York City. I went to the giant Toys R Us in Times Square oh, <laughs> and yeah. got lightsabers. Uh-huh. And just from Darth that, Maul. well, yeah, we we saw Darth Maul sabers and stuff. Mm-hmm. They were there, but that as a kid it didn't matter to me because all it meant was this cool thing is going to happen. Just you wait till it does. <laughs> so when it finally did, I was still so excited right. because it you know it hadn't been spoiled for me so much as it had been. Enticed and made me, made this me is, eager.
3: This is me spoiled after the fact. Like I don't. I feel like I did watch that trailer, and then it po- like there were these scenes, and then it was like Star Wars, and my dad was sitting next to me in the theaters, like that doesn't look like Star Wars. What is that? So I knew that there was gonna be a double sided. I'm I'm uh, mourning the loss of this potential reveal. You know, yeah. at, after the fact, like still a cool moment. It's still a cool lightsaber. It's like best villain of I don't know not of all time but like mm-hmm. a worthy successor to Darth Vader if if he hadn't been slaughtered in the first
0: movie and then unceremoniously the resurrected yeah that's a whole nother conversation sorry <laughs>
3: and that's the thing like did you guys both see a Quiet Place? yeah I haven't yet. okay um, do you do you know I,
1: mean, I know like what the threat the is the premise yeah, and I know that like that they can't make any
3: sound because like the aliens. Okay, you knew it was sound. aliens. Yeah. Okay, because that was something I watched the first trailer. The trailers, yeah. Well, the first trailer didn't hint at that at all, mm. and I debated watching a second one because I was like, I'm already in. I yeah. don't like horror, and I'm going. Like, yeah. like I'm not a big fan. I don't usually go out to the theater to see it, but I was gonna go. Second thing, it's like they're aliens. I'm like, oh come on, like save that for the film. Like, I don't. The, the thing that's gotten me on board mm-hmm. is this unnamed, unseen threat. Yeah. I don't know what it is. So just let me have that. Well, that's the thing. One is hand, like, on, the-
0: on the one hand, you're right. On the other hand, fuck you, I, which I realize I do a lot now. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but On the other hand, the aliens, them being aliens or not aliens, was so incidental.
3: No, it doesn't matter, but it would have been a nice, like, okay,
0: it's it's oh, like catch it on a to he- yeah. he- catch it on a headline in the background and go, Ooh, oh, oh, huh. Well,
1: that's the thing, though, is it? I, I, how many people. By adding Aliens to the trailer, how many people saw it? Like, oh, I don't know, I might go see that. Oh, it's Aliens? Okay, now I'm going to go see it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like like you were saying, you hooked the people right. with the premise. You didn't need to add that extra layer. You know, I feel like, right. if anything, it probably pushed people away going, oh, it's Aliens? Oh, right. come that's on. Like, you know? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I feel like that that that's the type of thing. It's just like, who, who are you marketing this to? You know, like... You know, is there that one guy who's like, "I will only go see alien-related horror movies." Quiet Place, garbage. Oh, they're aliens. Okay, now I will go see it. You know, like is, is that is that what your marketing <laughs> see, people I are say, like, though, yeah.
0: I was happy to hear they were aliens, and I wasn't that guy. I was going to go see it the moment I heard of it. Right. Anyway, but then when I saw they were also aliens, I went, "Ooh!" Like it got me even extra hooked because I'm such a sci-fi asshole.
3: I think the
1: thing for me is that it no, like no, I like even already, more. Just if you were already hooked up, no, the yeah, first I mean you're it right. It wasn't
0: necessarily a deal breaker, but i just to point out that there was at least one case of that being a positive, having been a good idea right. for them.
3: Now my whole thing is like I'm I'm so because I spend so much money on stories, right? I mm-hmm. read comic books, I I go to movies, I watch TV. The whole thing is. I don't want it ruined for me. I I want the whole yeah, thing. I want to experience If I part. hand over my $15 to see this on IMAX, I want as much of it to be unseen as possible. Like, don't give me this new... Like, you already had me. I'm here. Stop feeding me more details. Because by the time... Like I said, by the time I saw Force Awakens, mm, yeah. a lot of it had been shown. And yeah. that, it's like you're just waiting for these plot points. is like, with at that action set piece here.
0: you get films that don't have things in them that were in their right. trailers, and that's even more confusing. Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I had a couple of those.
1: <clears throat> oh, one of my favorite things where, so this wasn't necessarily that it wasn't in the trailer. Um, I don't know if you guys remember back to the trailer of uh, Sixth Sense. No. So, you kind of knew, I think you knew the line I can see dead people. I feel like that's a good example, too. Well, I mean, it did have the whole twist part of it. Right. So, like, obviously, like, yeah, they weren't going to reveal in the movie, oh, Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. What? Spoiler alert. <laughs> but there's there was a scene in the trailer where you see this table, and you see these sort of handprints slowly form on the table, and it's like, oh, what the fuck, it's some ghost, blah, blah, blah. No, in the film what happens is... He's sitting there at the kitchen table with his hands there, and it gets so cold that when he leaves, there's a handprint that slowly fades. And they played that scene in reverse to make it look like those handprints formed because of a ghost. And I was like, fuck you guys. That is not what (laughs) happened now.
3: A layer of disingenuousness. Jesus.
0: The trailer, the trailer game is so difficult because you want to bring people in, but you also, you know, don't want to spoil too much or misrepresent your film, and Drive had that problem for a lot of people. Right. But it was it, trailered it as it more of an action-adventure, and it's not, it's a slow-burn neo-noir, and, which I love, but a lot of people were left confused. I mean, hell, I was left confused by Inglorious Bastards just because the trailers were so vague and I had never seen a Tarantino film before. Mm. But the trailers basically consisted of A few you know, bits and pieces And then them telling you It's Tarantino's next movie You know what you're in for mm. You're gonna see it You won't But like I was just reaching the age To start watching his films So I'd never seen one before mm. So I did not expect what I got <laughs> And it left me with this sense of dissatisfaction Even though I now love the movie I had to go watch it a second time With Well frankly, with fresh eyes And just say Okay no But blank slate Let me see and I watched it and went, oh, yeah, I like that. But when I came out of it that first time, I had been so much wanting what I thought I was getting that it didn't matter how good the film was. I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. You
3: know? I, I know that it's me watching every trailer. Like, I know, I know they're not saying you need to watch everything, but they're putting it out there for me to consume because mm-hmm. they know I'm a consumer already.
0: Yeah. It's just... It, and sometimes they do. I can't... I, I saw... Every Mission Impossible trailer for this new one, like eighteen times. I only saw four movies before I saw it. Um, but it was in front of it was in front of every film I saw was a different Mission Impossible trailer. Yeah. Oh my god.
3: That's the thing, the first the first trailer is really. would have been enough. One.
0: Right. Yeah. Like It's Mission Impossible, I'm gonna see it or not. It just seems like an expensive
3: I, thing. Like are people so bored, it's like, oh this trailer, I'm gonna Like, do they get into a malaise about it? It's like, okay, I'm seeing this trailer too much. I'm not going to see the movie because I haven't seen anything new of it. Like, I I don't Mm -hmm. understand the the marketing idea behind it. I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's like they're banking on the fact that, you know, maybe, you know, kind of like what you were saying. Like, oh, I liked it more because it had aliens, so okay... We may pull one or two more people in, and we may piss some people off. But those people are probably going to see it anyway, so we don't care if we piss them off as long right. as we get their money. It's the and that we get we one want more that'll be ticket deal sale makers from this but not guy. deal
0: breakers. Yeah, that'll bring in more people without pushing others completely yeah. away. Yeah, right. We don't care if they're pissed yeah. off
1: as long as they go see it anyway. Yeah, which is bullshit. Although, let's talk about what my favorite trailer that pulled the wool over your eyes, but as a sort of intentional, sort of. Um, you know, like, like not, not, I don't think this was done as a way of like, oh, we're going to bring more people in, but the the Infinity War trailers where you saw saw Hulk all over the place right. with the other Avengers. Right. And also, nope, that was Banner and Hulkbuster on in the film. To you know?
0: show you just like, oh, yeah, here are the Avengers, all the ones you know and love yeah, doing like this their is, thing. Yeah, Come like, see oh, this cool. Movie.
1: It's a group, you know? But it was just like, yeah. But, but that was the thing is like, if they didn't show the Hulk, and like, that was kind of a, a plot point it yeah, would have been like be, you
0: know people analyzing those trailers going where's the Hulk in yeah. these trailers and it's like oh
1: so that that one I appreciated as a way of kind of directly you know kind of like if they had made an episode one trailer where they had a scene of Darth Maul fighting Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn but had digitally removed one side of the lightsaber so you're seeing that battle happening with him in his red light le- oh wow he's fighting two Jedi at once but then that's not actually how the battle yeah. plays out. Like you know, like that that would have been a cool way to kind of like fuck with us on purpose. But I would have appreciated that. You know, like mm-hmm. like this is giving me this is letting me see the stuff you want me to see to pull me in. But you're saving these sort of the icing on the cake for for later. You know, and letting me enjoy that reveal at the same time. As opposed to Amazing Spider-Man Two, where the final scene of the film is in the trailers. Yeah.
0: Oh, with Rhino! Yeah, like, damn, yeah. That was that, I had so long. By the time we made it to that scene, though, I have long ago consigned it to a piece of a trailer that was not in film. Like because of, we've seen well, so many I, of those I remember in history. Going through yeah, it is like, like where's uh,
3: Rhino? Like I know he's in this. Like, yeah. like
0: See, they were so
1: banking. Like, oh, we're gonna do the whole sinister thing six and blah blah blah. And it was just like, nope.
3: Like you, that film just make a good film. That like, film looks amazing. Like. Spider-Man fighting Electro with that stupid Itsy Bitsy Spider song in the background. I'm dubstep, yeah. It <laughs> looks amazing. Mm-hmm. So I will always defend that film on its visuals. Oh, yeah. But yeah. story-wise, it can eat a bag of dicks. Like, I, I not, <laughs> it, it, Like...
1: Uh, Delivered that
0: line I, I,
3: so casually. I
1: figure you also like that, too, because Electro's arc was essentially Edward Nigma's arc from Batman. Shut
3: Batman. up. <laughs> totally is. <ass. laughs> I have this thing. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, I'm
1: going to do it anyway, now I hate everybody. Uh.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Mumble movie hatred That's power. hour.
3: last time you speak ill of Batman forever. <laughs> That's my next pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh.
1: Okay. <laughs> but, well, you, and you know, and that's one of those things too. Like, you know, we, we've talked about this earlier. Like, you know, we we don't want to be those those fanboys who are just tearing everything apart because it's like, oh, I know better than everyone. But like, I feel like yeah, there are times like that. Like, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, and like most of the movies, you know, like I I don't I don't hate any of them. Like, yeah, like, I can find the good things, but I feel like the fact that I'm not someone who it's like okay, prove to me that this is a good movie Like, I go into the movie like, yeah, I want to see this I'm excited, it's another yeah. Spider-Man movie
0: yeah, like you got and, me, I saw and, the trailer, and, man, I want to see this yeah, like, so, tell so me your story
1: for me to end up disappointed, it's like, like you kidding. had to work pretty hard to make this a <laughs> shitty film or, sorry, to make parts of this shitty right. you know, you know, like to say like, yeah we're gonna, you know the, the last scene is so insignificant sure, we'll throw it in the fucking trailer, who cares right. so by the time you see it, you're just like wait, that's the end of the film are you serious? Like that? You know, that was the thing. Is like by that point, I was just like, it. It was disappointing. It was just like, okay, I guess the movie's done
0: now. Like, that's was little. Uh, just, I, I seem to have disliked that much less than either of you did. I really liked it a lot. But yes, that the movie, as a, was or so, or that movie as a whole or that ending? movie as a whole. But yeah, that ending. Like he goes through this whole the grieving and he whether he'll still be Spider-Man, which is like the very core of a superhero and what they're doing. And you know, you could make entire films on that alone. They did three I, before. I almost before. expected them to end the film there, like with him sadly standing in the graveyard, mm-hmm. and for us to have to wait for the third film to like see what would happen. But then they didn't, and I thought, okay, okay, we'll get a an arc, you know, we'll end with Spider Man back. Like this film is much longer than I thought it was. Oh no, it's over. Mm-hmm. What? Like they just sort of snapped their fingers and went, oh all right, he's better now. Right. It was like he's over it. It was like, <clears throat> like what? Like, like you well, just showed four seasons pass and told me he's over it. Like this was. This is his journey. You're like. Well, and that was the thing. Like, I I did appreciate the fact
1: that he's like, I have to go back to work. Like, I don't yeah. do this because it's fun. I do it because it needs to be done. Sure. And, and that, if that and, had been you know, the whole the thing end the of a proper emotional up, yeah. journey.
0: Sure. Yeah. But when it was instead, like, you know, let's just do a time lapse and oh, okay, and Spider-Man again. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it was like, oh Yeah. <clears throat> And you
1: know, and that's the other thing too, is like there are so many Spider Man movies by like by now, and I you know I, I I could probably rank them. It's like like I said, I don't hate any of them. There were some of them that did some things really well, still had flaws, but um, but yeah, it's like it's never like e- even Spider Man three. Like I don't consider that to be an entire piece of garbage. Like there are pieces that I think could have been plucked out of that, and it would have been a solid hell as hell film. You know, um, one of the weird problems I have with that is actually the soundtrack. I think that was the one where. Danny Elfman ended up not working on it because I think he was saying for some reason like all of a sudden like Sam Raimi used to kind of let him do what he wanted and all of a sudden he was like no I want it like this. And I think that's how we ended up with like this kind of jazzy theme for the black suited Spider-Man. Like even when he's like Spider-Man not the whole like emo I'm going to walk around town with this weird kind of confidence like when he was like legit as the black Spider-Man. I was like what what is this
0: theme? Um, and you being a music man, that's a big deal for you. Yeah, yeah, and, sure.
1: and again, like like a lot of other stuff, I don't go into things expecting to hate them. You mm-hmm. know, like it, it really has to be a lot to tear me out of. You know, and uh, again, like the the Wonder Woman theme. You know, like <laughs> I was <laughs> I was enjoying. You know, and I know I know we've we've kind of discussed our varying degrees of love, like and hate of that film. I I liked most of it. I enjoyed the ride for most of that film, and then all of a sudden that happened. I was just like, oh, what is this? Like. You know, and so for me to do that, it wasn't like, oh, I bet they're going to do... You know, It wasn't yeah. trying to be like, let me show my knowledge of how, how bad this is because I know so much about things. It was like, I'm enjoying this. You have me. And it's like, oh, yeah, do we have you? Do we have you? Well, how about this?
0: Like, yeah, that's nope, like, I'll, I'll enjoy things. I'll try to enjoy things like you. I go in wanting to enjoy them. But I'll give things multiple tries. But I almost feel like after a certain number of tries, it would be harder to convince me than it wouldn't. Like, I sort of... I start off more neutral, but like after maybe the third or fourth time that I've tried to watch the film and tried to like it, mm-hmm. at that point I sort of like I invert and I'm just like nope, like nope, right. hate it now. Yeah, like how
1: like, how much time am I supposed to spend on something? Right, like at a certain point, any further it, yeah.
0: attempts I give to it are just already doomed because I just am already my mind's made up. Yeah, like you could have me watch this for the fifth time. But like now, I'm determined to hate it. Yeah. Stick to my guns. Yeah, because I already made it through four times and didn't, you know. Right, and it's, it's like, like my time's too. Right. My time's
1: yeah. too precious for have you to tell me. No, this film I made is really good. You just have to watch it ten times. Then it's the best film you have ever would have ever seen. It's like no,
2: yeah.
0: no, I'm There's not I'm too not, many. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we talked earlier um, with Daniel Darko about the films that necessitate a second watching. Right, but even then they don't necessitate five watchings right, well, <laughs> right. And,
1: and that's the thing when they necessitate two watchings chances are you enjoyed the first time but right. you want because to get more out of it a second and it, yeah, it adds on yeah. top of that and gets better not okay it's garbage it's garbage it's garbage oh okay now i kind of get it wait no it's garbage again oh now it's good gar- oh no now it's a brilliant film it's like no like yeah like it shouldn't mm-hmm. take that many times to be like because then i feel like you're just conditioning yourself you know and it's just kind of like you know you just have to let it wash over you and accept what it is it's like
0: sure, sure you know like. yeah. but yeah
1: horror mm-hmm. films <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. you can always tell we like the film when we talk less about it right. we spend yeah. a chunk of time praising it and then just see where the conversation goes Yeah. Mm-hmm. do we have a situational movie recommendation from anybody I'm fresh out right now. I might have one. Tim, do you have something? No, I don't yourself? Have okay. <laughs> well, I've got it. Um, what is the film you show to someone when you want to blow their mind?
3: In what sense?
0: Any sense. Just to leave them, like, when the film, when the credits hit, you, like, look over at them on the couch and their jaws on the floor. Or, <laughs> or like, there are sparks coming out of their brain. It you
3: depends know? on the friend, but Shin Godzilla. Ooh, yeah. Because I showed that I like to that. my friend Alice, and the whole time I was like, it's just, it's see, so how much see how yeah. good this is? And she was like, mm-hmm. I see how good this I was, is.
0: I was thinking about picking that almost. <laughs> like,
3: That—that's um, For Godzilla fans, that for sure is one.
0: Um, because I can't pick that now, but I was going to for the same reasons. Um, I would do. I kind of might even think Dying Darko just in that no, I want to see the way it's, it's shifted their perspective yeah. you know and opened them to to try to wrap their head around the time travel thing um, and then in a sort of similar sense Blade Runner for the way it changes your perspectives on humanity like any good sci-fi does makes you challenge your idea of what we are
3: uh, maybe sorry to bother you which just uh, recently came I over I wanted to see that oh, so bad and I didn't you get to it you ain't ready when we watch it it's gonna blow uh, your fucking mind
0: <laughs> I'm not even I'm not waiting for the podcast I'm just gonna watch it <laughs> yeah. like, I wanted to see it in the theater I I'm wanna dishes. get that text I'm so, looking forward to that text yeah, afterwards uh, yeah.
3: where you're like what? <laughs> I could
0: tell from the trailers even like, this is gonna be oh, a big yeah. deal
3: that was that would be a good one
0: mm-hmm. <sighs> the pat answer if you will is say the usual suspects or Inception Right. but um i haven't seen the usual suspects and inception is didn't blow my mind actually the first time i watched it in in the storytelling sense although it did blow my mind in the godzilla sense of just so much cool stuff right. that they did in a film a great visual to be fair. spectacle yeah for sure. so i'll yeah we'll match we'll that up mm. then just to i, I said that try to, to give you a roadmap tim if you will yeah um, I, I mean, still look confused.
1: <laughs> well, it's and it's one of those where, of of course, I want to say the Matrix. However, Don't say it. I, no, right no. On. But the the thing I is, said is I'm the thing is, I'm at the point where I realize that everybody's seen it. Sure. Right. Or or they they've not only have they seen it, but they've seen it and kind of like, oh yeah, okay. You kind of moved on with it, uh, like so the, the showing of it, <laughs> yeah. well, not just Scott, like yeah. everyone. Scott is is a more recent in a long line of people right. who you know. Um, so it's like I know that it's kind of like okay, it's it's not the type of movie and maybe because it, it's it's so specific in its combination of like anime and sci-fi and and the sort of tech stuff, you know, and I feel like a lot of people Ooh, have Akira. been right, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like like well and that's a that's a good example. Someone who loved Akira before that came out would be like, "Oh, it's just Akira. So whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like you're not showing me anything new." And And I think a lot of times, like, um, I don't know, like, I know it, and I've said this before, I know it very much had to do with where I was in my life at that point. Mm -hmm. So if the other people watching it aren't at that point in their life, either way too much before that or after it or will never go through that sort of realization, then sure, it's not going to be something that that clicks with them, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what my answer would actually be would more more along the lines of Memento, I think. yeah, Mm -hmm. Because... It's 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 a very down to earth story that I think people can can grasp. You know, if, you know, and that's the, the thing with the Matrix too is like you there are, there are layers in sort of how you can take it. So it's like if you have someone who isn't willing to dig through metaphor and find those connections or what this could mean or that, um, you know, they're they're not going to get sort of past the flashiness of the sci-fi computer animated stuff. Whereas with Memento it's like, Yeah, this is a guy, okay, I can understand that, but but still enjoy the way the story plays out and still get to that point of just like, Oh, holy shit, like that's how it ends. But then like, well wait, yeah, and like and then kind of thinking back to all those moments before and how the two kind of storylines match up to each other and where it started slash ended in terms of the actual chronological timeline of the film. Like like there's so many of those details that like um you know I think it would it would blow their mind in a storytelling sense, not necessarily in a a life changing sense, but I think it's a safer bet, you know, where I could say like I could show it to someone. And I think it would have that effect as opposed to like you know me showing someone the matrix, hoping it's this perfect combination of like right. I said where they are in their life, have they have have they seen it or have they not seen it? you know, what's the size of the TV we're viewing it on or they get you know like I feel like there are a lot of factors that may have to go into it for it to be um, the that mind-blowing effect, you know? And and, and, and part, that's part of the thing, too, is, like, the amount... Part of what tells me that is the amount of people whose mind hasn't been blown by it. Like, okay, it's it's this very niche little thing. Um, <clears throat> as opposed to, like, almost everyone I've talked about Memento, whether Memento, whether or not they're crazy about it, they're like, oh, yeah, you know? And you kind of forget about it, right? Like, I forget yeah, about right. it sometimes. Like, that used to be one of my favorite films back in the day. But then it's just kind of like, you're like, okay, like, because... It, it works so well on a storytelling thing but it's I don't know like I have a heart I'm sure you could draw some metaphor out of it you could mm. you know maybe make some connections with your life about things but but you don't have to it just functions so well in and of itself you right. know um, I still think of that as is, is, to me you know I, and I shouldn't say best or I'll say favorite so that it's not a point of contention that to me is my favorite Christopher Nolan film still like i don't i don't think he, he he hasn't done anything since then it's made me go oh you know fuck memento right. like it's like oh co- you know cool you did those batman films they were really good but but it wasn't that sort of like you know kind of groundbreaking the way memento right. was um, i also feel like I, I feel like a lot of people if you showed them memento now even though it's one of his earlier films even if they've seen a bunch of his other stuff it would still like as opposed to being like oh yeah I can see how this is an older film of
3: his right. You know, um, it's so unique and it hasn't been aped afterwards yeah. like, it's something that is uniquely well executed in that film and hasn't been copied yeah. in, to its detriment like, yeah. it, it kind of stands on its own that kind of storytelling
1: yeah it's pretty timeless too like yeah. I don't think there's much in it that says oh this would be awkward in 10 years from right. now you know I mean maybe yeah. maybe the cell phones they use at some point right. I don't really remember but you know it's it's very yeah it's very grounded there are, there are guns there are clothes there are cars there are locations you know but right. you know I mean he uses a Polaroid camera which seems dated but that's more because he needs to have the picture right then right to write on it's not that that's the only camera that existed you know right I mean, then again, at some yeah, point, you may never be able to get... There's nothing else that you
0: will know? do the job.
3: Right. Arrival might be another one for me. Mm. It's a, yeah, It's just outstanding. And so clever in what it's doing.
1: Yeah. I need to watch that a second time. Yeah. Watch cause, it
0: with you, because I need to see it the first yeah. time.
1: So. Cause, yeah, because that is one of those where you're like, yeah, I want to see it again, and I want to like connect all these dots and everything. But I just... Yeah, I hadn't gotten around to it, but
3: what they do with language is just so so cool it, it, it's amazing I like that film a lot
0: alright uh, that was a good one yeah yeah, it, yeah. It films all a good movie of course thank yeah. you Tim thank you for bringing us The exercise. yeah of course um, this concludes our Halloween cycle our, of special episodes special um, episodes <laughs> thank you all so much for, for joining us for these we hope you've enjoyed them we hope you've enjoyed having more frequent movie mumble and it hasn't been too much of us for yet. <laughs> um, we've certainly enjoyed making them. Uh, we're planning on something similar for the month of December. Uh, so let's see. After this will be my favorite film, Blade Runner. will we'll be next, continuing our yeah. normal episode cycle of favorite Normal episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Joel brought us The Fugitive, which was phenomenal. I'm Blade Runner next. And then... We already announced, right, Tim's? Yeah. I mean, everyone it's knows. Obvious, everyone yeah. knows, <laughs> but we had announced. Yeah. Yeah. pull in now. Uh, Tim's The Matrix will be our December episode, but that will be followed up then by three holiday films. Woo! Uh, which is it's great. We're really looking forward to that. <laughs> it's another mountain to We'll climb. announce yeah. what those films are when we get closer. When we
3: decide
1: what
0: they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, and one of the things where, should I, I don't know if I should mention, we, we talked about doing this. Uh, maybe I should mention it so that we have to do this. Also bringing sort of our favorite holiday oh. treat, like a food I or drink, like be it alcoholic I or not. About that. Um, that was one of the things I thought of because I do I do have like a, a Christmas drink that I go to, that it's just mm-hmm. like yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, to bring the, the makings of this drink and be like, we're gonna drink this while we watch my movie, and you know that can be you know, or if you're just like oh, I like you know they make the little. You know the was it Little Debbie has their little Christmas tree snacks. Like it doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink, but you know, sort of like a a holiday time
3: potluck for you know, (laughs) for while we're we're watching our favorite holiday film. Sounds good. (laughs) One year I made uh, my folks and my sister uh, bloody Marys on uh, Christmas morning. And it was good for me and my sister, my parents. It wasn't so great because <laughs> they hadn't had anything with that amount of alcohol in, it in a long time. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That
0: was fun. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, listeners, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, we appreciate you tuning in for our podcast. We're now available on iTunes if you'd like to check us out there. would be glad to have you subscribe. We'd also love to hear your feedback, whether it's a comment, review, or anything else. You can reach us all through our official Nerds That Geek emails, which you can find on the bio page at nerdsthatgeek.com. Or, if you can find us on social media, I'm on Instagram at Scott underscore w underscore murray,
3: And then on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at joelt18.
1: And on Instagram, I'm thetimgerard. And on Twitter, I'm at timgerard.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you'll come back for more.